Today on Podcast by the Bay. We have a very safe city, police and fire, and parks and what we can offer our citizens. On the other hand, we, we're not attractive to big restaurants and businesses because they just don't have enough masks for them to make the kind of money to make their business model sustainable. Foster City Councilman Herb Perez with his take on business development. In cities that are well-planned, um, there is a combination, in my opinion, of ownership by landlords, electeds, and business owners to make those cities work. Also, the relationship between Foster City and the San Mateo Foster City School District. So the question for the school district really is if it wants to be a good partner for the city and if it wants to work with the city to make it better, then they really do have to think about that. And finally, the Saris Regis Project, all coming up next. Stay tuned. Podcast by the Bay is brought to you by Highway Soul Productions. Check us out at highwaysoul.com slash podcast by the bay. And in conjunction with Liberty Realty. Liberty Realty, serving the peninsula and surrounding areas since 1986 for all your real estate needs. Liberty Realty. You can contact Podcast by the Bay by their email at podcastbythebay at gmail.com. Remember to subscribe and download our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, another podcast by the Bay. Podcast by the Bay here, and we're talking live with uh, Councilman Herb Perez, uh, Foster City business owner, uh, Councilman, former mayor, and so we are excited to have him be able to talk about some of the issues. And so, Herb, recently you wrote an article in the San Mateo uh, Journal, the editorial, and it was really about some of the processes with uh, business planning and how to actually deal with that. And um, it, you know, can you shed some light? I mean, uh, first of all, I guess my question is, can you describe, you know, for the listeners really what the current process for the planning and building design is? Well, it depends on the uh, depends on the community. So, for example, I think the original article that I wrote um, was concerning San Mateo and, and Burlingame and then certainly Foster City. But the, uh, I had read an article on the Burlingame build and how they were having challenges trying to occupy Broadway. And in a large part, they were having challenges, I believe, because of the staff and, in some cases, the elected officials. And it was really being um, blamed on the business owners and the landlords. And, in fact, in cities that are well-planned, there is a combination, in my opinion, of ownership by landlords, electeds, and business owners to make those cities work. And it's when you choose not to do that that you run afoul of the process in, in some cases, and in some cases more so you run afoul of the actual business district itself. So as it relates to Foster City, Foster City has historically struggled, and I believe will continue to struggle, 
with the development of its retail idea and um, and actually identity because of a problem in which the residents believe that they have they don't have what they need in the city and they believe that they're entitled or there should be more bigger and better businesses and restaurants located in the city. And that directly conflicts with what I believe the problem in Foster City is, which is it is a quiet community. And you have to remember, it's a quiet community off to the side of the hustle and bustle of the rest of the peninsula. So we don't, we're not surrounded on three sides by other cities. And in fact, we're not surrounded on any side, if you think about it, with the exception of one, and that's really a shopping center, Bridgepoint, and it doesn't really surround us. We're an isolated, we're almost on an iceberg, and so as a result, it has some benefits. We have a very safe city, police and fire, and parks and what we can offer our citizens. On the other hand, we, we're not attractive to big restaurants and businesses because they just don't have enough masks for them to make the kind of money to make their business model sustainable. You know, that's a great point, uh, Herb. I mean, thank you for kind of shedding the light to some of the listeners because I think a lot of people don't really understand why uh, there's business issues as far as uh, big businesses coming. But I think there's two things. I, I, my, my question is when you, when you see a business that is successful, for take example, um, there's a Thai restaurant right on Beach Park, uh, Thai Basil, I think Basil Thai. It's extremely successful. Sweet right? Basil, right. Yeah, Sweet Basil Thai. I'm sorry. Yeah. Right extremely successful and it's 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 um it's a restaurant i i think if you have the right model you're you're good at what you do i actually think foster city is a prime location because of you have so many people there and you don't have the residential area of san mateo but i i think there are opportunities and 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 so one of the things you bring up in your article is some of the process with how there's a lot of outside consultants and there's a lot right. of um just people that really don't understand the community and so is there an opportunity there uh, with Foster City? I mean, really, how should we approach it? If we want to succeed for a vision, I mean, what is a process that we could use to kind of succeed in this process? Well, you said, you said something which is, I think, really important to understand and recognize. Number one, in order to be successful, you have to remember you're trying to catch lightning in a bottle. And I use that in the article in in some cases, you have no idea why a particular area is successful or unsuccessful. And so as a result of that, you're trying to figure out why that is. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're going to try to do that, the last person you want to bring in is a, a consultant. Because in the case of Foster City... The guys we brought in, they had no idea. They were saying stuff that simply wasn't true, and they were saying stuff that was um, they were saying stuff that was not accurate. They were saying experiences they couldn't possibly have if they had been actually in our city. So you're better off with people that historically know the community, have had success in the community. So a good model or a good role, good um, model for this to think about would be um, San Carlos. San Carlos has a downtown business district association. It's comprised of owners of businesses, city staff, 
It's comprised of their uh, maybe an elected or two. And so these people will review and look at businesses that want to locate in that business district, and they'll say yes or no to that business, depending upon the makeup of what they want. Now, people in that, on that community, they have an understanding of the community. They have lived there. They have worked there. They know what will succeed. So as a result, they have a very successful downtown street on Laurel. Other cities that struggle are Burlingame. They have a great pro- process. However, their process is more about what is it that you want to do there as opposed to what they think should be done there. So rather than say yes or no, they just simply see if you fit the mold, meaning is it a business that is permissible there? What are the challenges for police and fire? They're not making philosophical decisions as to whether or not they actually need another Thai restaurant. And probably um, one of the better examples of that is, is Sweet Basil. Sweet Patty Basil is an okay Thai restaurant. It's not actually, it's more of a Chinese restaurant than it is a, 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 a true Thai restaurant. There's a better Thai restaurant. There are many better Thai restaurants actually in Burlingame and the surrounding area. However, there's not a good Thai, Thai restaurant in Foster City. So they found themselves a niche. They provide good service. Mm-hmm. And as a result of it, they succeed here. So I, um, the thing that Foster City is never going to have, and in fact is not going to be able to be had here, is the critical mass to make certain types of restaurants successful. So we have a new warehouse restaurant that's a Chinese restaurant, and that restaurant is trying to bring in tour buses because they realize that's what they need to succeed. So they basically need to have um, something that's going to help them succeed, and so they need customers. So in order to get customers, they're going to bring in uh, buses, bus busloads of full of people to do that. So, wow. Okay. Yeah. That that makes sense. I mean, that that's actually a great point. Um, it's almost like we have to look at really what the area really provides and really adapt and really, instead of trying to come and really put right. our vision, we actually look at say, what do we have to offer? And we have like the Edgewater. Uh, you know the boardwalk right there. I mean there's opportunities around I mean how how can we look and, and, and really look progressively to re- really take advantage of our resources um, so I right. Did, yeah right but it, it can't be re- it can't be it can't just be a bunch of random re- residents saying this is what we think it should be uh-huh. right so as a re- as a result of that it can't be a bunch of just residents saying, hey, I wish we had this or we had that, it's really got to be, it's got to be, it's got to be a different combination. It just simply can't be a bunch of residents saying, we should have more of this. Because residents, while they may want something, restaurant wants. And after they go to the restaurant once, they may not go back to the restaurant again. You know, and so without the critical mass of it being something that matters for everyone, that's why it doesn't necessarily always work. So I appreciate your feedback on that. Um, we did want to talk about a little bit of the kind of the recent school board uh, decision. And yeah. we know there's some, sure. you know, um, there's been some guy, kind of, there's a recent article in the San Mateo Journal really about kind of the, I guess there was a kind of a no decision to kind of push push back the 
whole process a little bit longer. I guess what is your perspective on on the whole? Um, I guess really where we're at with the the new school and and really what are we looking for? A couple of things. The, the school district made a mistake, and so and the mistake they made was they decided that they were going to they were going to not work with the city and work because they can, they can ignore the city if they choose to, to ignore the city and do what they want to do as opposed to work with the city to do what they should do. And so what, you know, what does that, what does that really mean? Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, they, they unilaterally by themselves can do anything that they want to open a school, they can open a school and they don't need anyone's permission whatsoever. Um, towards that end, they can build the school however they want in whatever form or fashion they choose to. And towards that end, they can also ignore the city regulation. And if they do that in ignoring the city's regulation, then there's not a whole lot that we can say or do. There are very limited ways in which we can affect them and get them to a place where they have to kind of follow what we think they should follow. And we've done that. And then on a personal note, I thought they had violated the bid process. So we sued them um, because they, they didn't follow the, the bid process. And then we made a settlement where they had to at least go through the planning process. So the question for the school district really is if it wants to be a good partner for the city and if it wants to work with the city to make it better, then they really do have to think about that and say, you know, that they're going to work with us instead of. And I think that they have opportunities to do that. And if they choose to do that, then they could do everything from work with us on the design of the building the traffic impacts and pay for those traffic impacts. And then quite frankly, work with us to, to see how to make it a better part of our community, both functionally, instead of making just, um, you know, a, a one story school, make a two story school. So these, you know, there's a lot of decisions for them to make. And I, I'm not sure how they're going to come out on it, but they really do need to think about it a little bit. So, so I think that kind of highlights uh, some of your point. I mean, basically, you guys want to be engaged, right? Foster City, the the city wants to be engaged in their process and to really make it work, not just for the school district, but also for the citizens, for what makes sense for the traffic. Like you said, why don't we look at new models? Why don't we look at different ways of actually building this, a two-story school, right? I mean, there, there's different options out there. And, and, and so I think you guys are looking really to help get that process on the table as far as really discussing some of these ideas and yeah, and so, I mean, this is really, you know, kind of the ball's in their court. And each time that we send them comments, they ignore them. So at some point, you know, there was a very strongly worded letter that was sent to them to tell them we're not going to be ignored. So you really do need to make a decision. And if the decision is going to be to ignore us, you can do that. And then at that point, it's probably not going to go well. So they really do need to think about that in that sense and decide whether or not they're going to participate as a partner with us, participate as a uh What's the right word? As an antagonist. And if it's going to be as an antagonist, that's okay, too. We just need to know. And then we can we can work with that accordingly. I, I do have a question for you, Councilman, um, and in regards to a high school. I know there's a lot of 
feedback and uh, it's been this has been an issue ongoing for years right this has been something that's been voted on multiple right. times i guess where do you stand on a, a whole idea of a high school and is that something possible for foster city residents i think anything is possible for foster city residents and i think anything quite frankly is possible for um all of us so if you can just you don't have to look all that far you can look across the way to um redwood shores and they built a uh a high school right so they built a they they built uh what is that called uh d-tech so d-tech is there and it's and it's up and it's going to be functioning shortly so there's no question that it can be done the question is whether or not there is the uh will the will to do it so foster city deserves you know based on our property tax and what we put out there in the world we deserve more than we're currently getting and we deserve a better education. Right now, the school district, um, in my in my personal opinion, has been irresponsible. They've decided to really not pay their school teachers, and for 500 days, the school teachers have been working without a contract, and that's unacceptable. And it should be unacceptable to the people of Foster City wow. who have to suffer that. On the other side of it, they extended, you know, and this is another one that's kind of fascinating to me. They extended the superintendent's contract by a year. So the board that's leaving decided that it would unilaterally extend the superintendent's contract. So that was even more fascinating to me in the sense of, you know, they were willing to do that. I was like, wow, that's that's kind of kind of crazy. So, but again, this is this is what these guys choose to do, and you know, I guess you can do that. But it doesn't really. Uh, I'm not sure it's really the correct thing to do. If that makes any sense. It does. It does. I appreciate your uh, your your honest feedback, and I think the listeners can can understand. Um, I mean, because uh, that's been a question many many residents have had for years. Um, so I guess uh, kind of the last topic. Um, there's been a lot of discussion at recent city council meetings in regard to the whole Saris Regis project, and we've heard some different sides to it. And just kind of where where is the right. city's perspective on this, and, and where do you see it? Well, I can't speak for the city, but you know what I can say is, um, you know what I what I, I guess what I could say on all this is simply, um, at the end of the day, the city has to make a decision what it seems to think or feel is the best use for the land that we own or the land that we don't own. So we have a number of different land holds that we hold and own, and we're trying to figure out what to do with all those. With regard to the Saris Regis, they own that parcel. They have to make a decision what they want to do with the land that they own. So they own a portion of land that they're entitled right now to build a 10-story office building. So they can build that building with 700 cars. Or they've come to us with an alternative uh, proposal, and that proposal is to build a uh, 50 units of housing and then give us fully built 20 units of housing and 24 units of housing for affordable housing. And that affordable housing would be for city employees that are police and fire. So that's a philosophical question that the council has to wrestle with and decide 
whether it believes it wants to or should. And so I don't know what that, um, I don't know what that, what the right answer is to that. I don't, I don't know that anybody knows what the right answer is to that at this moment, but there is certainly that conversation as far as what we, uh, what we do with it. You know, it has to be decided how we do what we do with it and whether we want to make that change or not. But at the end of the day, that change first has to be reviewed by the public and by the planning commission. And for me, it's a fundamental question simply of this. Does the city want a building 10 stories high because they can build it tomorrow with another 700 cars coming in and out of the city for business? Or does it want 50 units of housing and 50 cars? And maybe some of those people or all those people live in the city. So less traffic. So I don't know what the right answer is to it right now because it's not my project. But I do know that one thing is certain, that tomorrow that developer can build an, apart, a, a, an office complex with class A office space of 10 floors with 700 cars. I know what the traffic impact of that is. I know what 700 cars versus 50 or 100 cars is. And I think I, I think I can figure that out. But, again, it's really for the public to decide what it wants. The problem we have right now is we have a bunch of ultra-crepidarians, which are people that don't understand the issue but speak as if they do. So I, I really just like truth. So at the end of the day, what I suggest to people is if you want to understand the truth, come to a city council meeting, at least get the facts from the source, as opposed to getting the watered down or wrong facts from the non-source, or as I like to call him, the king of nonsense. And uh, I have other, I have some other words for him, but I'll, he never shows up at a council meeting where I can actually talk to him. And uh, so it's unfortunate because he stirs the pot, and then when people find out the truth, they, they, they pretty much figure it out, and they don't spend a lot of time with it. I think you bring up a wonderful point. Actually, if you want to hear the facts and really what the reality of the situation is, you got to go to the source. And we got to hear both sides of the issues. I think a lot yeah. of times... Yeah. The residents, they, they, they hear certain sides of things, and, and there's a I, – I, I see it like somebody throwing a dart, and they really actually don't um, understand both sides. So this is actually why uh, we really appreciate your time and, and um, uh, just hearing the perspective from, from somebody who actually knows what's going on. Uh, my last question for you is just kind of more of a philosophical question, but it's where do you see Foster City in 40 years? You know, in 40 years, what I'd like, I don't know if anybody can guess what that will be. So I, I think the beauty of Foster City, what I hope would maintain its beauty, is um, the where we have our single-family houses now, that that's pretty much what we have. And I think that that is, people are vested in that. They're vested both financially and emotionally and intellectually and spiritually in that. As far as the areas of the city that have been developed um, and are multi- or mixed-use, I think those are fully developed. Right now, there isn't a whole lot to redevelop. At some point, one of the fundamental questions we're going to have to ask ourselves as just humans in general is how do we accommodate the exponential growth of the world? Not us, but the world in general. So whether you like it or you hate it or you, you understand it or not, the reality is that there are 7 billion people in the world, and if it goes for another 40 years, that are more like more likely to be 12 or 14 than there are to be 8 billion. Where are they going to live and how are they going to live? That's a question that needs to be answered. The lateral or horizontal sprawl, that is San Mateo County, 
is probably going to have to cease at some point, and we're going to have to do our part. As far as the idea that single-family houses will ever be anything other than what they are, I think that that just financially, intellectually, and socially would never happen. On the other side of that, though, you know, when you look at Asia, by way of example, or you look up and down El Camino, anytime they can get those single-family or single-story buildings to be combined, they're putting multi and multi-story buildings there because they just have to. The workforce has to live somewhere, and people need to live somewhere. The attendant challenges of uh, travel, people don't understand when you don't build housing. When you say no to housing, you're saying yes to traffic. That's kind of true, you know, and, and so there's going to have to be that. So I would hope to believe that Foster City will still be what it is, which is a small bedroom community off to the side of the, of the hustle and bustle of the world. Along with that, um, hopefully those new helicopters or will pick us up and drop us off at work. <laughs> we, we, don't have to, we don't have to suffer the traffic. Well, that's, that's great. Great perspective. I really appreciate it, Councilman Perez, and um, yeah. I appreciate your time and uh, really voicing uh, your um, thoughts and, and, and all insight. So until next time, signing off from Podcast by the Bay. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to another Podcast by the Bay. Podcast by the Bay is brought to you by Highway Soul Productions. Check us out at highwaysoul.com slash podcast by the bay. And in conjunction with Liberty Realty. Liberty Realty, serving the peninsula and surrounding areas since 1986 for all your real estate needs. Liberty Realty. You can contact Podcast by the Bay by their email at podcastbythebay at gmail.com. Remember to subscribe and download our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.